Numbers 23 verses 18 through 24 say this. This was the message Balaam delivered. Rise up, King Balak, and listen. Hear me, you son of Zephor. God is not a man. He does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has God ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not followed through or carried out his word? Listen. I received a command to bless. God has blessed, and I cannot reverse what God has spoken. No misfortune is in his plan for Israel or for Jacob. No trouble shall come in store for Israel. For the Lord their God is with them as he has been promised to be proclaimed as their king. God brought them out of Egypt, for he is to them as a strong and a wild ox. No curse can touch Israel, Jacob. No magic has any power against them. For now it will be said of Jacob what wonders God has done for all of Israel. These people will rise up and become like a strong wild lioness, like a majestic lion rousing itself. They will refuse to rest until they have feasted on their prey and drink in the blood of those they have slaughtered. Father, I just pray in the next couple of minutes that you would allow me to just bring further clarity what it is I know the Spirit of God was saying to each and every one of us today I ask it in Jesus name amen and amen if you'll just have a seat there give me just just maybe eight nine minutes I think I can walk you through this and leave out a lot of the the context obviously today we've been talking about trusting God trusting God this message and series we've been in, honestly, I, I don't even care if the worship team stays. I promise you, boys, I, I won't be long. Can you give it up for the worship team today? While most of us are hearing testimonies or lifting our hands in worship or enjoying the media team is running around changing batteries, making sure wires are still plugged in, would you give it up for the media and the production team? They've got, they've got camera angles being blocked. People, they're trying to get the shot for those watching online. Those of you watching online today, thanks for staying with us. This step study series has led us through and up into the third step. Here's the third step. We made a decision to turn our lives and our wills over to the care of God for we can trust Him. For we can trust Him. See, trust is a, is a funny thing. Miss Tamika, I'm glad this chair's up here. Trust in the Bible is defined is this example this is faith now if you went to school with me you would have probably seen me pull that chair out from somebody a couple of times um, you know they just took for granted that chair was going to be there I've uh, I've done that to a few girls <laughs> I've yanked that chair out from under a few boys a few friends I've I've, I've yanked that chair out uh, broken people's trust multiple times in my life, you know, as I was coming to know the Lord or even as I've grown to know the Lord. But the Lord can be trusted. Faith in the Bible means to trust in. I trust this chair. Uh, to rely on. Look, I'm leaning. I can never sit in a chair straight up. I don't know. It's just I got I to gotta prop back and rock. I trust in it and I'm relying on it. Now, here's the most, most powerful part of faith, to adhere to, to adhere to. Adhere to means like, oh, you're adhered, you're glued, you're stuck to. No, it, adhere to means that my trust has been built up so strongly in you that what you tell me I should do, my faith is so confident in you, I will adhere to what you're saying. I know that if you tell me this, I may not like it, but I know it's for my best. I know that you know better than I know. 
that I'm not God and you are. I want to talk to you this morning about this passage of scripture, just, just very quickly, what's actually going on today with this. This is not New Oaks Church merch. It's me giving a shout out to the Oaks Church softball team that needs 12 more players. There's a sign-up sheet out front. They got 23 last week. And remember, even if you play for Oaks Church where we reach lost people, please give your best representation of Jesus on the softball field. I, I don't want to come bond nobody out post-bond. We will, but I don't want to come post-bond on nobody over a softball game. We the wrong team to fight with. Trust me, we, we reach lost people at Oaks Church. Secondly, I got some photos that I want to show you. For those of you that don't know, just like three months into us planning Oaks Church, God gave Oaks Church an 11-acre, $3.5 million facility on the interstate for free. Absolutely nothing. And uh, we own it and are in the process of doing about a $4 million remodel over there. And this is pictures of what will be the new balcony. That's pictures of the new worship center. Um, they, they are going to town. Those are where new windows, the whole building will look different. If you haven't driven by, don't go on it. It's a job site. Like literally you'll get me in trouble. Don't, they're like, don't tell people to come over here, but just drive by, stick your hands out, pray for it. There's a, a lot of stuff happening over there at the future home of Oaks Church. But in this passage of scripture we're talking about today, what's happening is Israel is conquering and conquesting the land of Cana. Does anybody know how many cities or nations there were that Israel had to conquer? I'm giving you the answer right now. Ten. Ten. And does anybody know what the very first city was? It was the city of Jericho. And God said, the first belongs to me. Nobody touched the gold. Nobody touched the silver. It's my tithe. You can have all of the other nine, but you don't take the first one. Well, you know, Achan took the gold and silver and God's judgment broke out against them at AI. But now in numbers, we're a little bit further in the process. And what's happened here is, is the Amorites have been conquered and the Moabites are about to be conquered. And when the king of the Moabites, who are actually half cousins of the Israelites, through Noah's incest with his daughter when he was drunk, who birthed the Moabite people, um, I promise we're, we're not just surface level here at Oaks Church. Um, we actually know what we're talking about. <laughs> when, when, when this happened, he got scared. And he said, Israel is this vast nation. They will devour Moab like that. And what King Balak did is he went and sought out this diviner, this, this, this false prophet who had once knew God, whose name was Balaam. And, and what, what false godly people project is that I have influence in the spirit world. And so what this king thought, John, is that if I go get Balaam and Balaam comes over who has influence in the spirit world, he can put a curse on Israel. He can keep Israel from taking their destiny and eradicating the Moabite people. So when Balaam got there, the spirit of God really hit him and he stood up and he said, listen, I don't know who you think I am, but I ain't who you think I am. When God has already said this is what he's going to do, can't nobody undo it because God ain't like a man. <laughs> and he had to give testimony that God can be trusted. Just, just put this first statement on the screen. Trusting God, listen to me, my friends. I'm, I'm going somewhere and I'm going there in like four minutes. Trusting God is not, I, I don't know, maybe they got, maybe they got the notes kind of messed up this week. Trusting God is not like trusting a man. It isn't like trusting a man. Men, women, mothers, fathers, 
maybe in our past have been distant, they've been uncaring, they've been incompetent, they've been abusive, they've been self-centered. And, and, and what inevitably ends up happening is our perception of that begins to shape our perception of God. I want to make this statement. Man has always failed the trust test in regards to another man in some way, shape, form, or fashion. He always has and he always will. However, let me reinforce the truth today that God never has and God never will fail you. God has never failed you. You just do not have the understanding that you need yet. You're not at a place of maturity to understand what you perceive as failure. You just got to go a little further down the road. Number two, trusting God, just to be honest with you, is always the safe play. How many of you like safe bets? How many, how many of you don't even, I, 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 I don't even bet on things that I know I can win at because I don't like betting. I get so anxious. Ah! Now, if it's somebody else's money, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, it's my, ah! I like safe bets. I like things that I know. I like, I like to work and pray like it depends on me. <laughs> but believe and hope, <laughs> it depends on God. I like safe plays in life. I, I like knowing my kids are safe. I like knowing our marriage is safe. I like knowing the church's finances are safe. I like knowing our mission is clear. I like knowing that people on this platform and around us, that they have integrity, that we're in relation. I like knowing things are on the up and up. I just want you to know, trusting God is always a safe play. Here's why. Because God is different than man, and he will give you the security you've never had. He will be near to you when you have felt distant and unseen. He is loving. He is competent. And God is always other-centered, always other-focused. That's why he sent his son to save the world. Once you learn to put your trust in God, here's what you'll learn, that there's no substitute for his faithfulness. You have learned to lean on the splintered uh, staffs of men. You've learned to lean on the splintered crutches of life. And the reason I keep referring to them as splinter, because even if they have been faithful for 10 years, at some point, we as men all fracture and splinter and we inevitably go in your hand. But once you learn to put your hope in God, put your trust in God, put your faith in God, you realize, ain't no sense in me putting my hope in man. Ain't no sense in me putting my faith in man. I'm just trusting in God. And once you get to that place, oh man, there's no substitute for it. Number three, and I'm, I'm not talking about levels of superiority or spirituality. I'm talking about your faith developing and maturing until you understand God has to be your all in all. God has to be your first. Trusting in God is, is difficult. They're going to put this on the screen and we're going to land the plane. I'm going to ask Pastor Chad and the worship team to come back. They're going to believe I'm finished this early. Trusting God is often difficult, yet it's liberating. Trusting God is difficult because of the doubt you have, because of the fear you have, because of the past experiences that you have. But once that threshold is crossed, where, where maybe you had to hit rock bottom, maybe you had to be totally isolated, maybe you had to be broken and totally down and out, maybe that's what it took to get you to the place to trust God. But once you get there, all of the burden, all of the weight, it lifts off of you. The old timers used to say it like this, baby, you need to let go and let God. I'll never forget when somebody, I was like, can you explain that to me? Because I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't know how to do that. <laughs> My dear friend, Doug Pollock, I'll never forget, man, we were in prison. He's got like a 20 year sentence over GHB and a sting operation at Tiger Tan and right next to the 
Tiger Stadium and he got busted. He's going to kill me for telling all this. Like with two kilos when he was 18 in Dallas, he ran from the cops in a Jeep, ran on foot. Me and him were brothers before we even knew each other. Come around a corner and a cop punched him in the face and clotheslined him, cut him off, flipped him. <laughs> Doug got like 10 years of first conviction for two kilos in Dallas. <clears throat> Again, not bringing glory to that. He's in prison and man, he was losing his business. His wife was leaving him. His employees were stealing his tanning beds. <laughs> I mean, every day he's on the phone, he's losing something else. He's losing something else. He's, and I could just see my boy. Anybody do CrossFit, you see those ropes they climb. And they don't even have knots in them. My boy Doug was just slipping from knot to knot to knot. And he was finally down to that last knot. And I said, Doug, I just see there's your fingernails are just white, just blood red from all the pressure you're holding. And I said, the minute I just see it, it's going to happen. Your fingernails, your fingers, your strength are going to give out, and that rope's going to pop. It's boom. It's just going to jump up, and when you're going to fall down, you ain't going to fall near as far as you thought you was going to fall. You're just going to fall right into God's hand that was right there on it, and you're going to be so liberated. You're going to be so free from all that stuff you've been carrying, and guess what? Eventually, it happened, and he fell, and he began to be a brand new person, just a totally different man. Trusting God comes at the cost of the fear of facing your past experiences the fears where others failed you and yet frees you once you get to a place of trusting god it frees you from all future disappointments we've been church hurt we've been boyfriend hurt we've been girlfriend hurt we've been pastor hurt we've been friend hurt we've been mama hurt we've been daddy hurt Man, you go to a conference today and they preach on anxiety, they preach on mental health disorders, they preach on personality disorders, they preach on depression. And every pastor in the place, from the worship pastor to the musicians, to the preaching pastors, to the kids pastors, they all respond because everybody is living in a world where toxic relationships have broken our trust. And yet, we're supposed to get up every day and say, I hope in God. I believe in God. I'm championing God. I believe the gospel. I believe in my ministry. I believe in our church. I believe in our calling. I believe in who we're reaching. And, 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 and no matter what we're supposed to do, that's very hard to do. It's very hard to have distrust and mistrust and to be broken and to be crippled. And then all the same time, on the other side of the page, get out of your car and put a big smile on your face and be hopeful and optimistic and joyful about a God that you can't see, that you can't touch, that you don't know. The reason I wanted to end very quickly today is, is for a certain point when the prayer team was, was praying for me today, I, uh, I got a burden. I've never had a problem preaching, never had a problem starting, never had a problem putting a message together. I've never, I, I, f I feel like the last couple of years, I, I, I've struggled. Maybe with the newness of the church or maybe just, I, I don't know, with, with bringing us to a point at the end. Closing the net for God to really do something. Here's the three things I want to leave you with today. Here's the application part of the message. I've done them all three weeks. One word, it's going to all start with the same letter. Reframe. Reframe your mind. Reframe your mind. You say, well, I don't know how to reframe my mind. I'm so glad you asked. I have an answer. It comes straight from the Bible. 
don't copy the behaviors and the customs of this world but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think about the life you're living and the things you have gone through then you will learn to know what God's will is for you which is good and pleasing and perfect you say well I've been walked out on I've been abused I've been abandoned I've been mistreated that's true Listen to me, I'm validating that. I'm not, I have too. I have too. But do you want me to stay there? Do you want me to project that on you as a congregation? Do you want me to project that on Brooke? Do you want me to project that on the staff? Do, do you want me to project that on Finley and Fisher and Foster? Do, do you? Well, guess what? I don't want you to either. I don't want you to either. I have, I have to let God's word say, John, this is why you grew up the way you did. They're going to kill me for sharing this. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. This past week, I was, I was with a family, and, and, and we went through a situation. And, and after it was over, it dawned on me. Second, I was like, at some point, I was like, why was I there? And then it dawned on me, this is why you were there. See, there was a way that the world would think about it. And the world would say, why was I even there? What did I have to do? But the way God revealed to me to think about it is this is why I had you there so you could step up and do something about it I had you there by a divine appointment because I feel like I can trust you with the right perspective and I feel like I can trust you to step up and try to help but listen to me a carnal mind a worldly mind is at odds with a spiritual mind a carnal mind is at odds is at enmity with the things of God. The things of God and the things of this world are not the same, my friend. I don't care if I got on skinny jeans and vejas today or not. That don't mean I'm in this world. I'm just in it, but not of it. You gotta reframe your mind. And the only way your mind can be reframed about your childhood or about your divorces or about your addictions or your marriages or your faith, only way your mind can be reframed is by the washing of the water of the renewing of the word. You've got to put God's perspective in there because right now I got to break it to you. I know you're going to get mad at me, but you are a sum total today where you're at of your best decision making. Your best decision making got you right where you're at. If you're if you're driving and Jesus is the co-pilot, you need to switch seats, pull over, pit stop, pee break. I need to use a restroom. Let me get out, Jesus. Let me get out. I need to be riding shotgun. Can you drive? Because I done drove off the cliff. I feel like Thelma and Louise, God. I done blown this thing. Your thoughts are not God's thoughts. Your ways are not God's ways. As high as the heavens are as the earth, from the earth soar God's ways higher than our ways. Here's what the Bible says. Well, then who then can know the understand? Who then can know and understand the things of God? And Paul said, well, thank God I have the mind of Christ. When the Holy Spirit comes to live in me, he gives me access to what the Father is thinking in heaven. And oftentimes he gives you a perspective that's totally different than everybody else's in the room. Totally, you know how hard it is to be that controversial? Most people want to be controversial over politics today or gender today. I want to be controversial. I want to stick out. I don't want to have conformity. You want to be, you want to be a nonconformist? Start standing up for God. That's hard to do. Any dead fish can float downstream. It takes a live one, baby, to go against the current. 
Restore. Restore. Listen to this. Your trust. Reframe your mind. Restore your trust. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Okay. One time in the Bible. I taught you this as a staff member. You probably read it long before I was ever born. What's the Bible say? One time in the Bible. Guard. One time. Guard your heart with all this. One time in the Bible. Guard your heart above all else. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. For it determines the boundaries, the margins of your life. What goes in your heart determines how far you'll go. Then the Bible turns right back around and says, while you're guarding your heart, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And don't lean on your own thinking because your thinking will jack you up. (laughs) Restore your trust. Reframe your mind. Restore your trust in God. Restore your trust in God. And here it is. Refresh. Refresh your expectations. Now all glory be to God who is able through his mighty power to work within us. I love that the scripture doesn't say, now all glory be to God who is able to work around us. No, he says, look, the difficult places aren't around you, they're in you. (laughs) Your own worst enemy is right here and right here. It ain't your husband, ain't your wife, ain't your baby's daddy, ain't your kids, ain't your boss, ain't your mama, ain't your daddy. Your own worst enemy is right here. He's on board. It's the enemy you never get away from. All glory be to God who is able through his mighty power to work within us, to work within us, to work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. Now put that scripture in context. It's saying that God will do more than you could ever ask, dream, think, or imagine through you. We all thinking a black escalade is going to fall out of the sky. Publishers clearinghouse going to knock on the door. I'm going to hit the power ball. God's going to work around me. No, God's saying the hindrance is you, big boy. The hindrance is you, old girl. (laughs) You holding you back. You holding you down. And God's saying, I'm going to come and work in you to do more than you could ever ask, dream, think, or imagine. Here it is. Closing point today. that one thing today what's that one thing today what's that one thing today I don't know what it is I don't have to know what it is don't tell me what's that one thing today What's that one thing that the Lord is saying to you been saying to you this whole service this has broken my trust this has caused me to be bitter, to be resentful, to be unforgiving, to wander off track, to give way, buy in, be something that I know God called me not to be, to take a role in a position that I know God never called me. But I just accepted it. I allowed it. It's where I'm at. Here's the good news. He loves you. He's right there with you. But what he's saying to you today is he loves you too much to leave you there. I'll roll up on you on a bar stool. 
I'll roll up on you in a trap house. I'll roll up on you in a jail cell. I'll roll up on you on death row. But trust me, baby, I will not leave you there. I love you to meet you where you're at, but I love you too much to leave you crippled. I love you too much to leave you fractured. I love you too much to leave you broken. I love you to leave you in that place of distrust. What is it today? Who's broken your trust? Who's caused you? What caused you to doubt me, to doubt my promises, to doubt my faithfulness? That's the thing God came today saying he wants from every one of us. We have this saying in church, and I'm done, I promise him. We say, give glory to God, give glory to God. Do you know what the word glory is in Hebrew? It's kabod, it means weighty. To give glory to God actually means to give God the weighty things of your life. See, many of you are trying to carry things. You're trying to carry things around that you are never meant to carry. I see it in your faces. I saw a brother this morning, man, my brother has been down a road for about four years. And what I can tell you is I walked that road with him. When folks didn't want to walk it with him and people gave up on him, I can tell you, now all of a sudden he's done crossed over, he's entering the promised land. And when I saw him today, his life's new, his family's new, his faith, he's got a new look on his face. You know what I saw? I said, brother, you done laid your burden down. You ain't carrying that weight no more. I can see it in your face. You've been carrying shame. You've been carrying disappointment. You've been carrying hurt. You've been carrying fear and failure. And you don't think it affects you, but it does. It affects how you love. It affects how you live. It affects how you give. It affects how you worship. It affects how you talk to people, how you treat people. Cast all your cares upon me, for I care for you. Come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. Give the glory to God. Give the heavy thing to God today. Give it to God today. He's the only one able to carry it. He died for it. There's a nail scar in his hands. There's a rip wound in his side. His broken heart is already bled out and poured out for your sin that was red like scarlet, red like crimson, to be washed white like snow, made white like wool. He can free you today. He can heal you today. He can deliver you today. He can take addiction. He can take perversion. He can take adultery. He can take racism. He can take bondage. He can take hate. He can take greed. He can take it all and free you from it today. Did you come to be free? Do you want him to take it? Give it to him. God, we give it to you today. I'm not looking for a hand clap of praise. I'm not looking for an ovation or a pat on the back. God, I'm looking for people to give you the heavy things of their life, the burdens of their life, the problems of their life. Don't give them to me. Don't give them to the floor. Give them to God. Come on, give them up right now. Say, God, I'm giving you that. I'm giving you that hurt. I don't know where that's going to take me. I don't have all the answers. I don't know who holds my future. I, I don't know how it's all going to work, but I know, God, I can't carry this anymore. I don't want it no more. I don't want this weight no more. I don't want this pain no more. I don't want this doubt no more. God, take it from me now. 